Hi guys, and welcome back to Lotus Village Voices, the official podcast of Lotus House Women's Shelter in Miami, Florida. In celebration of Black History Month, Aisha and I will be sharing with you some of our favorite African-American pioneers, inventors, and activists who don't often make history books, but have heavily influenced and inspired change across the world. To get us started, here's Aisha. Does the name Constance Baker Motley ring any bells? Well, she was born on September 14, 1921 in New Haven, Connecticut. She was raised by her mother, who was an activist and also founded the New Haven NAACP. Molly graduated from the New York University in 1943 and also attended Columbia Law School. She began her career at the Legal Defense Fund after receiving her law degree in 1946. As LDF's first female attorney, Motley became the chief courtroom strategist of the Civil Rights Movement. She also wrote the original complaint in Brown v. Board of Education and pioneered the legal campaigns for several school segregation cases. In addition to successfully handling cases that ended segregation in Memphis, restaurant, and white-only lunch counters in Alabama. Moley defended Martin Luther King Jr.'s right to march in Georgia. She was the first black woman to argue before the Supreme Court and went on to win nine out of ten cases. She became the first black woman to serve in the New York State Senate and the first woman to serve as Manhattan's borough president. When President Johnson appointed her to the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York, she became the first black woman to sit as a federal judge. LDF honored the legacy of Constance Baker Moley in September 14, 2021 event that celebrated the 100th anniversary of her birth. While Moley's work made her a national public figure, her legacy is also deeply rooted into the fabric of LDF where she served for over 20 years. As a black woman-led national civil rights law organization, LDF continues to serve as a trailblazer in the ongoing fight to protect civil rights and advance racial justice and equality. Motley's work and enduring legacy and example resonate deeply with the black community and especially with the women at LDF. Did you know that anytime you see a truck on the highway transporting refrigerated or frozen food, you're seeing the work of Frederick McKinley Jones. Born on May 17, 1893 in Cincinnati, Ohio, he was an inventor best known for the development of refrigeration equipment used to transport food and blood during World War II. At the age of 11, with minimal education under his belt, Jones ran away to fend for himself. He returned to Cincinnati and found work doing odd jobs, including as a janitor in a garage where he developed a knack for automobile mechanics. He was so good at his job, he became the foreman of the shop. He later moved on again, taking odd jobs where he could. In 1912, he landed in Halleck, Minnesota, where he obtained a job doing mechanical work on a farm. Jones had talents for and an interest in mechanics. He read extensively on the subject in addition to his daily work, educating himself in his spare time. By the time he was 20, Jones was able to secure an engineering license in Minnesota. He served time in the U.S. Army during World War I, where he was often called upon to make repairs to the machines and other equipment. 
After the war, he returned to the farm, where he further educated himself into the world of electronics. As one of the most prolific inventors ever, Jones patented more than 60 inventions in his lifetime. While more than 40 of those patents were in the field of refrigeration, others related to x-ray machines, engines, and sound equipment. Jones was recognized for his achievements both during his lifetime and after his death. In 1944, he became the first African-American elected to the American Society of Refrigeration Engineers. Jones died of lung cancer in Minneapolis, Minnesota on February 21, 1961. In 1991, President George W. Bush awarded the National Medal of Technology posthumously to Jones, presenting the awards to his widow at a ceremony held in the White House Rose Garden. Jones was the first African-American to receive the award, though he did not live to receive it. He was inducted into the Minnesota Inventors Hall of Fame in 1977. Now let's talk about a barrier breaker. Sadie Tana Mosa Alexander was born on January 2, 1898, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Born at the end of the 19th century, she was the first Black American to get a Ph.D. in economics and was the second Black woman to earn a Ph.D., receiving hers just the day after the first. In addition, Alexander was the first Black woman to graduate from the University of Pennsylvania's law school and to be admitted to the Pennsylvania's bar. She used her skills to fight for civil rights for Black Americans and served on President Harry Truman's Committee on Civil Rights. She was also appointed to the White House Conference on Aging by President Jimmy Carter. In 1951, Alexander co-founded the Commission on Human Relations of the City of Philadelphia. She was a member of the Commission from 1952 to 1968. She also fought for civil rights with the American Civil Liberties Union, Americans for Democratic Action, and the National Urban League. In addition to her work in civil rights, Alexander specialized in state and family law. She served two terms as assistant city solicitor of Philadelphia, one soon after she graduated law school and the other in the 1930s. Alexander and her husband started the law firm Alexander & Alexander. When her husband became a judge in 1959, she launched her own practice. She was the first national president of Delta Sigma Theta, a sorority for black women. From 1943 to 1947, she served as secretary of the National Bar Association. She was the first woman to hold this role in the organization. In 1948, the National Urban League chose Alexander as Woman of the Year for its comic book Negro Heroes. In honor of Alexander and the legacy she left behind, the Sadie Collective was named in honor of her. It's an organization formed by two black women in 2018, encouraging other black women to enter economics and the other data-driven fields. Now here's Tay-Tay with some food for thought. Thanks so much, Aisha. Well, did you guys know that the shaping of American cities can be traced as far back as the Jim Crow era, where race-based residential segregation and discriminatory practices have led to the concentration of black households in economically disadvantaged urban neighborhoods, perpetuating segregation and vulnerability to displacement? Over-policing, racial profiling, and harsher prison sentences disproportionately affect black communities. 
A history of incarceration becomes a legal reason to deny housing, creating a cycle of injustice and limited access to stable housing. And lastly, systematic racism in education, perpetuated by the underfunding of predominantly black schools, contributes to an earnings gap, limiting economic security and the ability to afford housing. Individuals like Tiana Caldwell from Kansas City is an organizer with Casey Tenants. She co-founded the organization while her family experienced homelessness for six months following an eviction and her second cancer diagnosis. Caldwell was a core leader in the campaign to win a Tenants' Bill of Rights in 2019. She served as a Black organizing fellow and co-led the organizing that led to Casey Tenants winning Tenants' Right to Counsel in December 2021. And as Black History Month comes to a close, I can't forget to give a shout out to all homeless service systems like Lotus House, leaders and service providers that continue to advocate and contribute to the mission to end worldwide homelessness. Despite making up 13% of the population, Black individuals represent 37% of all people experiencing homelessness. Within families with children, this percentage rises to a staggering 50%. These disparities highlight the urgent needs for advocacy and support to address systematic issues contributing to housing insecurity. Black households face a higher risk of being displaced, which can lead to homelessness. This vulnerability stems from the impact of structural, institutional, and interpersonal racism within the housing, the criminal justice, and the education systems. It's time to dismantle the structures that inadvertently displace Black individuals and all families into homelessness. Let's stand united against systematic racism and work towards a future where everyone has equal access to stable housing. And now, back to Asia to close us out. Are you looking to get involved? Share this episode to spread awareness about housing disparities faced by Black and other communities. Or you can advocate by supporting policies and initiatives that address these issues as well. Thank you guys so much for tuning in on today's episode. I hope you learned just as much as Aisha and I did today. If you are interested in volunteering, please email volunteering at lotushouse.org. Or for a list of our most urgent needs, you can visit our website at lotushouse.org or check out our Instagram page at lotushouseshelter. Before we close out today's episode, as usual, here's a quote by Audre Lorde. When I dare to be powerful, to use my strength in the service of my vision, then it becomes less and less important whether I am afraid. Thank you guys so, so much. Until next time.